morning, good afternoon, good evening, my listening fans, wherever you are, um, any part of the globe, and um, I come to you again uh, on this Easter Sunday, happy Easter to everybody, um, I hope you are all keeping safe and you are staying healthy, and um Today's topic that I'm going to talk about or discuss is um, about um, how um, Africa is prepared for uh, the disaster that is upon us. You all know the elephant in the room and um, I will sort of uh, talk about uh, mostly um Africa is a big continent, so I will particularly talk about uh, Wange uh, or Zimbabwe in particular on how um, well we are prepared for what is um, upon us and um, how best we can save um, the people, right? And uh, your host this afternoon or this morning, wherever you are, uh, is Takum Tepfa and... Um, I'm pleased to give you back again. Um, going straight to today's topic, um, it all centers on the uh, development and the project I'm doing in Hwange District, uh, Zimbabwe. Um, it's a sustainable uh, village that we are trying to model uh, as a pilot project that can be duplicated elsewhere and um, villagers or people that are living in the villages uh, especially those in around wildlife can emulate or duplicate and um, try and use that example that i'm trying to put across as a way that they can sustain themselves and become self-sufficient without resorting to other things that affect the wildlife that they are living next to them to them in terms of uh going out to um to hunt um some people call it poaching but it's called hunting in their local areas and um also putting snares and um all sorts of things that are deemed now not acceptable. So the idea or the plan is to create a self-sufficient model village that can be able to cater for all those things that will uh, help them economically, socially, and um, their well-being in general. So com coming back to... Uh, today's sort of discussion is about um, believing that conversation, uh, co uh, not only conversation, and co conservation involves the people, and um, it's through the people that we can achieve um, results to look after the wildlife they are um, sort of living around and um, being the custodians and being the carers of this wildlife and empowering them it will create what we call a win-win uh, situation or win-win solution, which is what we want to do. So um, in light of the global sort of challenges we are facing at the moment brought by um, the COVID-19 
2019. Um, I try and not talk about this uh, because there's a lot of talk about it and it does bring a lot of sadness um but mind you this whole area of or covid-19 has been um sort of um blamed on wildlife so thereby i can't sort of really clear it away um from that um from that point so um there has been theories that it was all caused by wildlife trade and eating birds and uh, eating pangolins you've heard all those stories and this um is bringing me to uh want to talk about it more because the communities i talk about are the communities that live within the wildlife um catchment area and um um, these are the animals that are sort of being blamed for for causing all this. I'm I'm not talking from authority, and I you probably need to I need to highlight that that I'm just um, uh, nobody, and um, I do not have uh, facts to to support all what I talk about. It's just general talk and highlighting, so people should not. Um, hold me to whatever i talk about it's um it's what has been said before and um i just sort of remind people that this is what's been said but i'm i'll try and narrow it down to um to the village i talk about so that it's more practical so right and um um lubangwe the village that we are embarking on this project uh, that we call Matetsi project has um, has now even as of today as I've just been um, I've been talking to them just before I came on to this podcast there has been a meeting they've been sort of um, talking about uh, the effects the conflicts they're having with the elephants now coming in and the harvest is almost ready and the elephants are coming uh, roaming around they have a pattern they sort of walk out from the protected areas of the wange national park and they come for the um for the um for the for the grain and whatever they've grown and the crops they've grown and they eat it overnight or even during the day uh so it's mostly the impalas and the uh, the elephants that are causing a menace and um it's it's not something new it's something that has always been there but with the effect of uh the economic issues other factors coming in which are are, are making it more of a problem now because of the economics there is no jobs there's nothing else going on no tourism nothing else going on and um so we are seeing the community is more vulnerable and um i was li- i was reading um also before sort of um i came on uh on this podcast you know that um the foreign um embassies have been advising their um, uh, citizens and all those working there to leave the country and um they've been also been engaged in some other um, non-governmental uh, projects so there's no clear plan that has been left out to to say we are leaving 
So what happens? I talked to um, um, my uh, colleagues and my um, guys working on the project. They have no any other information from outside of what's going on. They don't even know this about this COVID-19. While the whole world is at a standstill, they are so much isolated. They are in the middle of the, the forest and um, there is no communication that gets to them. So it, it pains me from this point of view that um, the world is running away and, and all shutting down in their dens and all that and forget these communities. And yet when everything opens up, let's say in six months time or whatever time, they want to rush to come and see the wildlife and they want to see the whole village. In any case, if it's wiped out, they've never set there's no any set plan to protect them, to cushion them as they leave or they go wherever they go and or even to give information. So they, it's, it's paramount to, to, to disseminate information about what's going on elsewhere and sharing information. It's, um, it's, it's, it's that is simple, right? There's so many. So we are, we are, we are doing that in, in our small capacity but this could be done at a bigger capacity to find out that as we are living in a rush to charter planes to live in in the shortest possible time are we leaving um communities vulnerable or are we um we've been embarking on a project and you're just closing it up and you're not even telling the whole community why you're leaving you know, so your safety has become more important than the people you have been working with. And the people that are left vulnerable are the custodian of the, uh, of, um, of the wildlife we are talking about. And we, we all hope, we've seen uh, videos of the wildlife being sent to say, well, postpone your, your uh, plans and come back again. But have you thought about the people that live around the wildlife? That's my main concern, really, on um, preparedness and um, sort of um, setting up some some safety net. And also, um, these things we are talking about do not cost money. Do not cost money. Simple. We could... For example, the way I'm doing it myself is to tell them the information we get on, on hygiene. We've given them water. We tell them we've got uh, water uh, flowing, clean water flowing from taps to say you wash your hands as frequently as possible. Minimize or stop anybody. Nobody comes to our site as um, coming from outside, even in the villages. So we don't know where they have been. So in that regards it's a it's a small way of stopping um or social distancing and keeping what's within the site is within they've not been out so there's no way they can be uh, reaching out to the world or contaminating themselves with the people outside because they are they are self-contained remind i would remind you again that we are we are trying to create a sustainable environment so we have food within within the premises so there is literally nothing so um they have been 
uh, cultures or customs or norms that have been going on or where people gather for it might be churches it might be um funeral it might be there was need or there is need for people to be told that there is um, uh, time to change the norms at this time or, or when yeah, we are sort of um, experiencing this um, difficult time that we, we kind of change these norms um, as soon as possible to say no gatherings. You know, nobody tells them. nobody. So, and... Um, because they're isolated, people would say, "Oh, well, it's not our duty to do that. Oh, why should I be um, doing that? It's not my duty. How do I do that?" You know. But um, like we, I've said before in uh, um, previous podcasts, that we are all citizens of the world, and um, any problem that happens in another uh, part of the world, we need to all focus on that and sort it out. Luckily, 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 luckily. This COVID-19 hasn't hit um, the African continent as much as it has done to uh, Europe and America and uh, Asia. Maybe it could be just sheer luck or maybe it could be um, the weather. The weather, uh, maybe it's a winter um, um, sort of virus that sort of thrives in that in that environment. And um, in Africa, it's 38 to 40 degrees. In Wangen, in particular, uh, Zimbabwe, in the village I'm talking about, is between 38 and 40 degrees Celsius daytime. Yes? And I, we, there's a lot of uncertainty whether air temperature does play a part in that. But um, nevertheless, that's, that's, that's not for me to discuss. I'm not an expert in, in or epidemiologist in, in such areas to be able to um to to talk about such such things but we need my only talk is only on how we can prepare these communities to survive this um disaster so in a way we 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 have to play our part as uh, citizens of the world to say they're isolated um um villages and particularly this village in Lubangwe, which is um, next to Wange National Park. And Wange National Park is half of Belgium, the size of Montenegro. Yeah, And the, the villages or the uh, communities around that, um, not, not more than 5,000 people. We are failing to sustain that. We've all left in a hurry to leave as soon as we could. You know, but we still want to come back and enjoy the wildlife, forgetting the communities that have no information, they're still looking after the the um, the uh, the wildlife, and we still um, aim to come back to see that in some point in life. But in, in I I know it's whole human instinct anyway. But um, I'm not saying I'm perfect and anybody's blaming anybody. But we are saying um, as people, we got to look at isolated communities that have no information and they have no knowledge of what's going on and they're forgotten. People have uh, daily uh, briefings of what's going on, um, hourly briefings. They don't know. They have no clue at all. It hasn't reached them. But some people have more ideas of how this could be done. You know, and um, I'm... I'm not 
sort of capable of doing this myself, but I'm just highlighting uh, to my listening um, uh, fans that this um, is an issue where we have um, the cushion net that was there or the people that were already doing their work there, they've all left in a hurry, chartered planes, they've gone, and um, the government is hasn't got capacity to reach out to all these people, but we have over 40,000 elephants that rely on these people to be well looked after, and we we need to keep them, these people, um, out of um, thinking about... Um, poisoning wildlife or snaring and uh, putting snares out but how do we do that this is what we are doing so we we go back to to uh, engaging them to make sure the communities are taught they are empowered they know about uh, the covid-19 they know about the um the norms they used to have and say well guys this is not allowed anymore that we go into a beer hall or we go to um to visit places that we unnecessarily visit and um, stay put in our villages and we we will be safe in that way there has to be some way you know so we are all focused on on, on, our, on our looking after ourselves but um, the world will open maybe in seven ten months time or you know how 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 do we feel that we go there and we say the, the whole village was wiped out mm-hmm. We feel guilt, but this is—it's not late. This could be done now. Yeah, this could be done now to say, "Oh, how how best can we do? How can we send the information? How can we do? Is water in problem? What is the issue that needs to be done? How can we sort out on hygiene? How can we sort out on um, on the norms? How can we sort out on the?" Uh, culture is a bit of a problem to change, but how do we talk about that? Um, do we have village heads? Do we, that's all. The, the systems are all there, but it um, it does need a lot of input to um, to do that. Because if we we have a golden egg, we need to look after it. So if you look after these communities that live within the perimeters of Wangai National Park, that changes the um, that changes the um, the 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 whole dynamic of um, having them looked after, and they won't go out destroying what 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 they have within their their sort of um, areas. So in in any case, um, we 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 advocate or we call upon um, people to rethink, you know, and uh, as part of responsible tourism. That is what it, it entails, that you're a frequent visitor and um, you have left in a hurry, you have not thought about the people that are left there and um, how are they going to survive, you know. So it's, it's all those things. But um, I do not have answers in this podcast, but it's um, food for thought for everybody else. And um, in this time of uncertainty, uh, my prayers are with those that are um, have been affected by COVID nineteen, and um, um, we all hope for the best. And um, an answer will come. But uh, as we sort of 
hold ourselves in the, in our bankers and our dens we also need to think about communities that are really 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 trapped and they haven't isolated they're also isolated and they haven't got enough and um of the food to keep them in their isolation so they need to be self-reliant and not needing to go out to be a source to pick up this um virus i'm coming to my end of my um podcast and uh, once again your host is uh taku uh, and um thank you again for listening and i'll just um summarize what i've been trying to put across and um my talk today uh on easter sunday was about um trying to bring people to 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 where the problem has been highlighted is coming from and this has been wildlife trade and this has brought me to the villages that are living within wildlife um, periphery areas and are relying on the um, the tourism and the the wildlife around them and my my main issue was on preparing them to to know what's the disaster around around them and um the uncertainty and also the um the the problems associated with covid-19 and um the lack of information disseminate it needs to be disseminated to them and how and when it should be now right um thank you again for listening and uh please stay safe and um we hope to meet again in the next podcast and your host again was Taku Mutepa. god bless you